Look, we are so glad that you joined us on this great day, this Mother's Day. We, we honor and recognize our mothers. And then just on this Sunday where we get to lift up and glorify our God in heaven. And so we're so glad you're a part of this. We're going to continue our series on faith, living a faith that is alive because faith is, is applicable to all of us and especially to mothers on Mother's Day. And uh, the writer of Hebrews got inspired to write and say that without faith, it is impossible to please God and that faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. And that's the kind of faith God wants to build into your life and in my life, a, a growing, active, convinced faith that pleases him. And so we're going to dive into that. All of us can glean from that. And then at the end, I want to give some specific applications for mothers and for all of us who love uh, the mothers in our lives. And so we're going to look at a passage. It's a narrative of Jesus in uh, Luke chapter 10. And it says this, as Jesus and his disciples were on their way, he came to a village where, where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. She had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he had to say. But Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. She came to him and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do all the work myself? Tell her to help me. So here we have Jesus and his traveling companions coming, uh, coming to our home unannounced. Uh, would have caused a panic in that home. They didn't even text an hour out and let them know they're on the way. I mean, how rude is that? Uh, but caused panic in this home, caused a rift between these two sisters. And I want you to see very clearly that the panic really fell on Martha. It, it says there in the passage you just read that it was Martha's home. She was likely the oldest sister to Mary and their brother Lazarus as well. And so it was her responsibility. She took responsibility for feeding these uh, 13 men and their traveling companions. Uh, that'd be a lot of water to fetch, a lot of food to make, a lot of beds to prepare a lot to be done. And now that's a big deal in our culture, but in the Middle Eastern culture, even today, especially in this day, it was a huge deal that, that hospitality was looked at as a very uh, honored uh, right in order to provide for people, especially when the teacher, Jesus, had come to stay with them. No way Martha was going to drop the ball. No way she was going to let uh, people go hungry or their needs not met. Now, I'm sure Martha would have loved to sit at the feet of Jesus, listening to him speak, learning from him. But she had made a choice in, in, to do other things, to make preparations instead of doing that. And, and I, can, I can really relate to that. I kind of get it because life is full of those kind of choices that you and I have to make. Do I do the pressing thing that needs to be done or do I do the important thing? I'm sure she was thinking, somebody's got to get the water. Somebody's got to make the food. Somebody's got to make the bed. And I want you to see Martha in the story. She's not a bad person at all. In fact, she's responsible, hardworking, and uh, helpful. She's not bad. She's just busy. And as the saying goes, you might have heard this, that if the devil can't make you bad, you might know the end of this, he'll make you busy. And I wonder how many of us today can relate to Martha at this point. Some of you probably can't relate at all that the sheltering in place and the isolation and social distancing has, has changed your schedule completely and you have more time on your hands than you have ever had. In fact, more than you know what to do with. And if that's you, I want to ask you simply, are you making the most of these days? 
Are you going to be able to look back when all this is done and we get back to our new normal and say, man, I made the most of the time that I had. I used it well. Now, other views of you would say, man, I'm frazzled. I'm just as busy as I've ever been. I'm still going too fast. There's not enough time in the day and there's not enough days in the week to do all that I need to do. And while being busy is a problem, it's probably not my most important problem. And so um, and so you let it slide. And then a lot of us, we wear busyness like a badge that, that the busier we are, that somehow the more important we might be. Can I tell you that being busy is bad? And I want to show you some symptoms that we see in the passage we just read of, of busyness and what it does to us and how it affects others. And so some symptoms that busyness is bad is number one, it leads us to being distracted, being distracted. Martha was distracted by all the preparations that she had to make. make. And when, when we're distracted, listen, we miss out on the important things of life. And the little things that we think are just little moments that turn out to be the big things and the big moments, those are the things we miss the most when we are too busy. Listen, the living God was in her living room and she was in the other room making preparations. That's a whiff. And if you and I are honest, listen, you and I are busy about doing all sorts of things, making money, working, going to school, raising kids, going to events, doing what we've got to do. And in all that busyness is a distraction. And can I tell you, we can't live life a thousand miles an hour all the time. At some point, we've got to get off that ride. Let me ask you some questions. These things that challenge me. When is the last time you just took a beautiful evening, a clear sky, and just amazed yourself looking at the stars? The psalm says not only did God create them, that he named every one of those trillions of stars, and you just were blown away by the vastness of the universe. When's the last time you took time to watch a sunrise or a sunset and just enjoy the beauty of that with someone you love? When's the last time you had a belly laugh with somebody and just just had a great time? When is the last time you made your loved ones feel loved and you were intentional about doing that? See, being distracted is destructive because it takes us away from the things that really count. So number one, she was distracted. Secondly, when we're too busy, we become doubting. We become doubting. She she asked Jesus, Lord, don't you care? Now, I believe she knew better than that. She knew Jesus enough to know that, of course, that he cared. But being distracted by the responsibilities or or feeling uh, the doubt of all the responsibility caused her not only to doubt, but to be bitter. In effect, what she's saying is, Jesus, she's not doing her part and you're allowing her to not do her part. Being too busy can make you and I bitter. We can become bitter at coworkers who don't work as hard as we do. We can become bitter at family members who don't seem to be doing their share. We can become bitter at other church members, church family that aren't serving the way you're serving. And those things may be true. Listen, all those may be legit things going on in your life, but... The reality is, and I want you to evaluate yourself, maybe you're just trying to do too much. Maybe you're just too busy. Maybe your expectations are too high. Maybe you're just pushing yourself too hard. And if your busyness makes you bitter, then you're too busy. That's what happened with Martha. Number three, when we're too busy, we're we're distracted, we're doubting, and we also get demanding. She told Jesus, tell her to help me. 
Now, that's a pretty gutsy move. She, she calls out Jesus and says, listen, you're not doing your job. You need to make sure that she's doing hers. And she assumed that she knew it was better for her life and for Mary's life than Jesus did. If you are demanding towards God, if you're being demanding towards other people, it is quite possibly a symptom of you being too busy. There's another old saying that says, you catch more bees with honey than with vinegar. Now, I'm not sure why we need to be catching bees in the first place, but, but the point is taken. Listen, there is a better way than being demanding. There's a, there's a better way to get done what needs to get done than being demanding towards other people. And if that's where you are, it is quite possibly you're too busy. Listen, Jesus sees in Martha the, the distractedness. He sees in her the doubting. He sees in her the demanding element. And he tells her and all of us, in those moments, exactly what we need to hear. And this is how Jesus responds. He says, Martha, Martha. He said it twice. I think either to make a point of emphasis or to get her attention because she's a million miles an hour. Martha, Martha, you are worried and upset about many things. But few things are needed or indeed only one. Mary has chosen what is better and it will not be taken away from her. Jesus says, listen, before we get to her, let's talk about you. Before we, before we get on to, to what her issues are, let's talk about your issues. You're stressed out. You're trying to do too much. Look, Jesus had previously preached the Sermon on the Mount. And, and in that sermon, he says some beautiful things like, listen, don't worry about the food you're going to eat. Uh, the birds of the air, they don't, they don't, uh, they don't store up for their food, but I'm, I'm sure my heavenly father provides for their every need and he feeds them. And then don't worry about your clothes because he, he dresses the fields of the earth with flowers and makes them beautiful. And so he can certainly provide for your clothes and you don't have to worry about your future because God says, just worry about today. And then he kind of caps that whole thing off and he says this, but seek first his kingdom, God's kingdom, and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you as well. She might have missed that message. She may not have been there, and I know that never happens today. Actually, it's a, it's a huge frustration uh, when you know God has something really powerful and profound for somebody and a message that is perfectly fit for their needs, and they miss that message. That, that does happen, and I hate that. Maybe she missed it. But as Jesus is, is pointing out to her what's going on in her, he says, listen, it's not Mary's problem. This is a you problem. And let's talk about you. You've settled for less than she settled for. She settled for what is best. Now that's true now like it was true then. That oftentimes you and I settle for the good thing instead of the, the best thing. The good gets in the way of the best. And many of us are trying to do it all. We're trying to make sure we're, we're doing everything to perfection and we're involved in all these different things and we, we've got all these irons in the fire and we realize, look, life, you just can't do that. We can't be great at everything and we can't be involved in everything. But at some point that has to stop and there's some things that just have to be let go. And what Jesus is saying here is, listen, it is better to be with him than to be busy doing anything else. It is better to be with him listening at his feet than to be busy doing anything else. 
So let me just challenge you and I that we need to choose that. That we need to choose what is important forever over what seems important now. And that's really the choice that Martha was stuck in. Mary had made the right choice and said, listen, I'm gonna, I'm gonna take advantage of this opportunity to be with my Lord, to be with this, this teacher, to be with Jesus, the son of the living God. And Martha got distracted by something else. It's ultimately just a question of priority. Of course, we have things that we have to do. Of course, there's things we need to take care of. If the past six weeks or so have taught us anything, though, it's this, that there are far fewer things in our life that are necessary than we once thought. We've just done without doing things and having things that we thought we had to do and we had to to have. And I wonder, listen, when we go back to our new normal and all the activities come rushing back in and all the distractions of life come and rushing back in, I wonder if you and I are going to continue to choose to be busy or to choose what is better. That you and I would make this one thing, this one priority, the most important thing in our lives, that you and I, above all other things, that we would choose that Christ would be our one thing that he takes precedent that he takes priority in our life that he comes first above all things else that i seek him out every day of my life that that is the driving priority the most important thing the best thing that i could ever have and because it is man that's the thing i block out time that's the thing i don't waver on that's the thing that i know that i'm going to do today because it's the one thing it's my best thing that god has for me in fact, the psalmist says it this way. Sorry, there's the fill in the blank. One thing that I ask from the Lord, this only do I seek, that I might dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to gaze on the beauty of the Lord and to seek him in his temple. And he said, man, that's the priority of my life. That's the one thing that I've got to have. So you and I, it's the same challenge for us. And it comes down to choice. Will we choose to make that the priority of our lives? Sitting at the feet of Jesus. Now, listen, we can do it one of two ways. We can do it like Martha. And maybe this has been your experience when you try to get time with God and you, you come into his presence demanding him and asking him, hey, God, would you just help me do the things I need to do today? And let me just use you for my purposes. Or do we come to him like Mary, sitting, listening, enjoying, renew, getting renewed, change, God changing us from the inside out as we, as we go, he's the focus He's the priority, and all these other things in my life can wait. Two different ways to approach them. And as a bonus, this is so awesome. When we choose to make his kingdom and his righteousness come first, when we choose to make time with Jesus the most important thing in our life, the bonus to all that is that we become the better version of ourselves when we do. When we do those things, when we seek his, him first, we love our neighbor better than we could ever love him apart from God first loving us. And every day, you and I get to choose. 
Are we going to invest our lives and give ourselves to the urgent, pressing matters of the day that ultimately aren't going to matter because one day those things aren't going to matter at all? Or are we going to give ourselves to the things of eternity, the things that have eternal value and consequence, that we would seek God first? A faith that is alive says, I choose what's important forever. Now, there is nobody busier than mom. It's hard to find somebody busier than mom. And so I want to just look here in the last few minutes at how we can help mom choose what's best. The one thing, the best thing, being with Jesus stuff first. How do we help her do that? So number one, when mom says no, we say, you say, yes. What do I mean by that? First of all, mom, it is okay to tell your kids no at times and it's okay to tell your husband no at times i love what tony evans says he's a preacher and he says your wife is not your mama that means guys you can do for yourself you can take care of yourself your mom your wife doesn't have to act like your mom and do everything for you that your wife can and should say no to some of those things and so when, when mom, when you make the hard choice of saying no for your own self-care, for your own boundaries, for your own putting things first in your life, when you say no to those things, then those things still have to be done. It is beautiful when someone will see that it needs to be done and then just does it. I, I'm sure you've been like me and you have taken a dish and tried to stack it on top of an already full sink full of dishes and prop it in there make sure it doesn't fall and think to yourself man somebody should do the dishes and never once that thought occurred to you that maybe you are that someone can i tell you guys listen if we're going to help mom choose the best then you and i can start doing things that need to be done that normally she does without being asked here's my first challenge if 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 um if you know somebody that is overworked and likely that is mom, then listen, then you find one job, one thing that she does for you or she does for the family or she does for someone else that you can do or learn to do and that you decide you're going to continue to do that thing and you're going to take it from her and that not just this week for Mother's Day, but you're going to ongoingly help her when she says no, you say yes. Secondly, when mom says help, you say, okay, look, it is hard to ask for help. It's hard to ask for. And so, uh, mom, let me just say to you first, you should ask for help. There are times if you're feeling overwhelmed that you shouldn't feel bad about asking your kids or your husband or your neighbor or extended family for help. When you need help, then it's time to ask, then do so. And when they do, listen, when, when mom asks for help, you can, I can promise you she's overwhelmed because most moms feel like they shouldn't do that. And so we need to pitch in. And here's my challenge. When she says help, that we do it. And we do it like the verse we looked at last week in Philippians 2. We do it without grumbling or complaining. That you and I can shine like stars. That we will, people will take notice. Mom will take notice. Others will take notice. That God would be glorified. When you and I don't do it while we're arguing or complaining about it. And that you and I, when we, when we say, yes, I'll help out that we don't roll our eyes, that we don't first explain how busy we are, that we don't give her the sigh, you know. We just say, okay. You say help, 
we say okay. Number three, when mom says good enough that you and I say, I agree, I agree. What does that look like? When mom does for you, and you don't like how it was, it wasn't exactly done the way you want, or, or she made your peanut butter and jelly sandwich and didn't cut the crust off, that you don't say anything. Here's a pro tip. When you don't like how mom did something for you, don't say anything. Just, just be quiet. I'll be honest, this one's for me. When, when, when she buys groceries and she buys what you want, but it's a brand that's different than the brand you like that you don't nit, nitpick that purchase, sorry, Gabriel, I, I've done that, that we say, you know what, that's, she says that's good enough, and you say, I agree. We show mom grace. Oftentimes, mom is the one who does the most for us, is the most selfless among us, is the servant among us, and yet that's the person oftentimes we show the least amount of grace to. Guys, can I just challenge you that we not only receive the grace of our heavenly father who loves us and forgives us and treats us better than we deserve, that we not only be recipients of God's grace, but we would be givers of God's grace to the people around us, especially to mom. You show grace. So let me just ask you. So let me just ask you this. So who will you choose to be like? These two sisters. Jesus said it comes down to a choice. You and I have to make daily choices. Who are we going to be like? Are we going to be like Mary or are we going to be like Martha? Can I tell you this? If your spiritual appetite however busy you are, however much you got going on in your life, if your spiritual appetite outweighs the weight of responsibility you feel in this world, then you and you will make time to spend with Christ. You will sit at his feet and you'll make it a habit of spending daily time with him because he's the one thing you need more than anything else. You know you need him in your daily life. May God grow our spiritual appetite that we could say that honestly, man, I, I need him and I want him and I spend time with him above all other things. Will you commit yourself to that today? If you want to look for an application beyond Mother's Day, if you would just make Jesus your one thing in the day, not just in word, not just in thought, in the daily habit of your life of spending time with him, commit to that today. You're not going to hit every day, but commit yourself to every day. And then mom, so if I could just say, Learn to say no. Give your permission, yourself permission for that. Give yourself permission to say help and per, give yourself permission to say good enough that your home doesn't have to be perfect and the meal doesn't have to be perfect. And for all of us who love mothers in our lives, that we would come alongside them and be a help to them and a blessing to them and to serve them. Last thing I want to say, the only thing better than having a good godly mother like I've got, like my kids got, like so many of you have, is to know a great and loving, gracious, heavenly father. That's the only thing better, is to know that there's a God who loves you. And I, and I wonder today, do you know him? Do you know the love and the forgiveness that your heavenly father has offered to you through his son, Jesus Christ? Jesus came not just to be a teacher, he came to die upon a cross for your sin and for my sin, to remove that from our lives. If we, if we turn from our sin and we do a 180, and we turn towards Jesus and trust him to forgive us of our sins and to make us new. I want to pray right now and ask 
if that's your decision today and you say, I don't honestly, I can't honestly say I know God and he knows me and we have this relationship. I've heard of him and I might even pray to him, but I can't say I have a relationship with him. Today can be the day you say yes to a relationship with Jesus. Will you pray with me? Heavenly Father, we come to you thanking you that you are more good, more holy, more kind, more patient, more gracious with us than we could even imagine. And because you are so awesome, God, there is something inside of us that longs to know you, this this perfect love, this unconditional love, this complete acceptance. We can't even find from a great mom like we can find from you. And so right now, God, I pray that you that you move people to faith that don't know you, that they say, God, today I want to know you. And that they would turn from your sin. Would you say, God, I want to know you, so I turn from my sin. I don't want to follow that path anymore. And I want to turn to Jesus. Jesus, come into my life. Tell him that. Change me, save me from my sin, and give me a home in heaven. God, I pray your blessing on all of our mothers. God, I pray for the challenge to make you our one thing. God, let us not... um, lose that, but take that with us today. We love you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen.